Good morning, everyone. It is the 6th of June. My name is Lorna Denny, and I'm joined today by Alex Byrne. Volatility returned to financial markets last week as both equities and bonds expressed uncertainty over inflation and the pace of interest rate hikes. The oil price pushed above $120 a barrel, driven by both demand and supply issues. Demand is set to pick up as China exits COVID lockdowns, and on the supply front, the EU ban on Russian oil imports met fresh geopolitical tensions in the Middle East. But Alex, this renewed climb in energy prices is of course putting further upward pressure on inflation as we saw in the Eurozone last week. Morning Lorna. Indeed, so we saw further record inflation in Eurozone last month hitting 8.1% over the last year. This was much higher than both the previous month, 7.4%, but also higher of analyst expectations of 77 The core number, which excludes volatile food and energy prices, also rose more than expected from 35 to 3.8. Commentators like to talk about this number as it gives a sense of the breadth of inflation, not just from those unstable numbers, but regardless, consumers see the full impact of both. This in turn forces the ECB's maneuverability into reining back the pandemic era stimulus. Another interesting dynamic in regards to the ECB and inflation is when we look at the divergence of inflation between countries in Europe, also now its widest ever. For instance, if you take Malta, where consumer prices are up 5.6% compared to somewhere closer to the ground zero of the fuel increases, like Estonia, where prices advance 20.1%, it really gives you a clear example of the ongoing difficulty the ECB has in considering the economics of so many disparate countries across the block. The numbers prompted to fall in the eurobond market as investors see the rising potential for higher or more numerous interest rate increases in the coming months. Yes, we'll come on to the ECB meeting in a moment. But for last week still, the other big headline grabber was, of course, the US non-farm payrolls number for May. Came in somewhat stronger than expected. That's right, Lorna. So closely watched by the Fed and the market in general, the non-farm payrolls came in at 390,000, above the estimated 328,000. Additionally, we had an employment rate, which held firm but remained historically low at 3.6%. Earnings growth in terms of wages that people received, slightly less than expected, but we're still up 5.2% from a year ago. So that provides some hope that some of the inflation increase in the US could be cushioned by an increase in wages. But when we get that wage inflation, that creates that self-fulfilling cycle of increasing inflation. Despite these slightly better numbers, the overall employment market still remains below the pre-pandemic level. So we've got retail taking a significant amount of a hit there on a year-on-year basis, perhaps suggesting that consumers aren't as strong or as willing to spend as the economy may have hoped. Yes, there's certainly a lot of uncertainty around. But otherwise, it was the week when the final PMI data were released across the globe. Could you give us the wrap on the PMIs? Certainly. So remember that PMIs are survey data so that they give more of a forward-looking insight other than happened data. So Chinese data came in, which was slightly higher, but remains below the contractionary level of 50. European PMI were more mixed, but with some of the disappointments coming at already very high levels. Overall manufacturing came in slightly stronger. Other EU consumer data was again stronger looking forward. In the US, the manufacturing data came in stronger than an already high figure, but the services expectations slightly disappointed. Overall, despite the live backward-looking data being negative, and slightly foreboding. The forward-looking data, the survey data, continues to point to relative strength. Perhaps though this is the last of the sunshine before the coming storm clouds. Yes, we shall see. But if we look just near term at the week ahead, the European Central Bank will hold their June meeting. And with Eurozone inflation at levels you described earlier and interest rates below zero, the ECB seems to be way behind the curve now. 
It does. Given what I said earlier, there's increasing urgency in regards to rate hikes seems to be growing on a weekly basis. We expect those to kick off in July. Markets now expecting 100 basis points of increases by the year end, mainly in 25 basis point jumps so far, but that potential is increasing. Some expectations from ECB governors now that the 50 basis point rises could be on the cards or that asset purchases could be wound up much quicker than currently announced. It is an interesting situation for the ECB. But what else is on your radar then for this week? Aside from the ECB interest rate decision, we have very important Chinese import and export numbers as well as CPI numbers. Very, very important because obviously China is very important to global GDP. And given the lockdowns and the stifling of growth that we've had in China, it'll be very important to see how this has had a, an impact on, on those numbers at an overall level. In addition, we've also got US CPI. Again, that inflation number is very, very important in the US where we've seen that self-fulfilling cycle happen between inflation and and the wage inflation coming through. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Laura.